Hi there, and welcome to the Consumed Podcast. It's the podcast where we are consumed by and are also consuming video games and other forms of popular culture. It's hosted by me, Ben, and my lovely wife, Katie. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. This is so exciting. It is. It's a bit of a different situation. As most of you know, in normal circumstances, I would be in the UK and we would be Zooming the conversation and I'd be recording it on Audacity, but today we are in the same room because I've come to America. Yay! Yeah. Not forever, but for a little bit. Yeah, for 10 days. It was a little bit of a hassle to get into the country, I won't lie to you, nor will I bore you with the entire story, but... Uh, it was a hot mess. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm sure most of you know we're applying for, you know, a visa, a spouse visa for Katie to eventually come and live in the UK, but... Um, because that of, process was yes, put to a halt. Because of COVID and also other issues, it's taken sort of longer than we imagined. So I thought, sod it, I'll, uh, I'll come out here. So that's the situation. Uh, yeah. Now we're sitting across from the kitchen table and it's... It's a different vibe. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether I can make eye contact because I'm so used to sort of just being in my own little space mentally. Um, yeah, but we'll see how it goes. So if, if the audio quality is different, it's because, yes... We are slightly further away from the mic that's between, it's recording us both. So, yes, any issues, just blame it on that. Um, but yeah, with that, we'll, uh, we'll get straight on with the show, which, as you know, is inexplicably split into a starter, a main course, and a dessert, despite having nothing whatsoever to do with food. And the starter is the point in the show where we talk about um, anything that isn't to do with video games. So, what did we think we'd talk about today then, Casey? Well, I mean, yeah, you are in America for, yeah. what, the th- third time? Yes, the third time. Um, for the fourth? I don't know, three. embarrassing. The first time when I came over to meet your parents, the other time when we came over to get married. And when you came, when you went to LA and saw Beyonce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't, yes, I'd completely written those times off. I did once do a very horrible sick form trip to America <laughs> that I've tried with all my might to repress. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, that is, uh, yeah, four times, yeah. So it's good to be back. As I, I think as soon as I came out of the airport, there's something about the, I really love being in America. It's very big and very vibrant. Everyone's very friendly. Um, but you do feel... You can feel the capitalism. You can feel yourself being advertised yeah, to I constantly. Mean, I mean, it's weird as well because, I mean, you know, uh, we come from the UK, obviously a very capitalist country also. We lived in China for a long time, which despite in some ways pretending to be communist, functions like a capitalist um, country in terms of the way the high street looks. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's just something about uh, America where the advertising is there and immediate and massive. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do, yeah, do you I'm, get the do you sense the difference when you're It's elsewhere? oh, it's definitely different when you're in the UK and you're driving on the motorway and there's no there's no billboards. No, there's really. sometimes off like specific little businesses or you know get, come and get some strawberries off my farm there might yeah, be Yeah, like a handwritten sign. Yeah. But it's very like loads of lawyers, huge billboards everywhere as you're driving mm-hmm. around. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. It it remind you can tell you didn't play this game, I don't think, Katie. It was called The Outer Worlds, and it came out mm. um, last year, maybe? It's sort of a big RPG set in space. And yeah. it's, it's the idea that 
what would happen if capitalism was left to run amok when we colonize other places. So there are entire outposts completely sponsored by uh, Space's Choice or something. Yeah, it, it and feels it's, a bit like that. <laughs> you could, and whereas I sort of understood what they were going for, weirdly, just being in America for a little bit, I can see that connection and what they're drawing from a little bit more clearly. Not to overstate it, by the way. It's not like, oh, goodness me, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's not unbearable. Different. It's just noticeable. Um, and obviously out here in the sticks where yeah, you live. Yeah, we're in a very, we're in quite a small town. So. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm very, very happy to be here. Obviously, um, we've had a action-packed day of Stardew Valley. Yeah, and watching The Witcher. And a three. very, very, very poor. <laughs> Harry Potter game that I made Ben buy for me. Well, no, you didn't. I just, that's a bit unfair on yourself. <laughs> you said, "Oh, that looks all right," and I said, "Let's get it because it'd be a fun thing to do." I think I peer pressured you. You didn't. You didn't need much pressuring, but um, you never do for anything Harry Potter. It was on sale. It was a board a, game. Eleven bucks, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah eleven dollars for a board game, which was which is like cheap. So we saw it on like the clearance shelf, and we're like, Ooh. yeah, and emblazoned across it made with real wood <laughs> so uh, I was like wow most, we should have known if that was what they <laughs> the were advertising yeah. about that game that yeah. it was not going to be good no uh, so it is indeed made with uh, real wood but every other component about it is very cheap including the design in terms of the game after we played it we already came up with about four very easy additions to the rules to which would have made it them. a much more playable game we'll have to try it again with our rules yeah so it can't, it's salvageable but the problem was it mostly revolved around this little mechanic where you had a sort of see-through wand made of plastic and you put it on a little panel on the board to see various like wizarding ingredients image. like a hidden image yeah but they're just so difficult to see no we spent like the entire game just trying to decipher what the little blob that you can barely yeah. make out was so and it's like every time we land on it i was just like oh now we've got to go through this rigmarole. <laughs> because well, I, yeah. I struggled. Whereas um, I think if you just put them all in a random generator and just select yeah. that, it'd increase the pace of the game, it'd be more fun. Anyway. So if you go to the store and see a discount Harry Potter potions Challenge. ingredient collecting game. Don't get it. Just, no. just skip it. Although just maybe don't... if it's eleven bucks, we probably have we got eleven bucks worth of nice varnished wood there. <laughs> we can just like break it down. Yeah, sell it. It's some nice bits of wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whatever. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the other thing we did yesterday, we had it was a lovely day yesterday, wasn't it? We went for pizza. Um, some I had a cauliflower crust pizza, which I've never had before, which yeah. blew my mind because when. I'm on, as I've said before, I'm sort of on a low-carb diet. And Katie said, oh, you can have a cauliflower crust. I was like, oh. I said, yes. But what I imagined it to be was just pizza ingredients <laughs> on top of boil, a smashed boiled cauliflower. I can't believe it. I'm trying to think if I've seen that in the UK. I, don't, I, I haven't. I don't remember. But it was it was really good. It was like almost indistinguishable and in some ways preferable. It was like, it was still very doughy and had structural integrity. I really, if someone hadn't even said anything, I don't think I would have noticed. I, yeah, I think it's, what did we, we look it up and it's just like cauliflower and... Parmesan. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's not, I think it's not vegan. So don't call the vegan police on me. Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's got cheese and eggs in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does hold together. I can believe it. Very yeah, well. It was a revelation. Um, what else did we do? We did an entertaining shop round Walmart, which yeah. was fun. And then at the end of the day, we watched Jojo Rabbit yeah. by Taika Waititi. Do you want to give us your opinions on that? 
I well, I remember seeing it, um, like seeing it the tra- or the trailer or previews or whatever in theaters, what around Christmas time, yeah. and thinking it looked so like really funny and really interesting and we kept saying we were gonna go see it we were gonna see it and then like we were trying to get the visa stuff together and then i had to i had to come to america and so we never got around to it um but i i don't know i've seen it pop up in various places Mm. and like award type things and then it like looked so good and then ben told me it had gotten like some negative criticism so i was like oh what do we do um so we watched it last night and Man, I think I told Ben it was, like, one of the best, I don't know, one of the best uses of, like, satire in a film yeah. that I've ever that I've ever seen, I think. I don't know. It's about Nazi Germany mm-hmm. and about a young boy who wants to be a part of that he holds some rather unsavory views to a very extreme extent yes he's a little hitler youth boy in the yeah. waiting isn't he yeah um and it's it plays especially like the first maybe sixth of the film i said when we were watching it it reminded me a lot of wes anderson specifically a film called i think it's is it moonrise kingdom about some little kids at like a holiday like a camp mm. and the visuals it's very jaunty very quirky but then you've got and, the weird and camp like campy literally yeah, like camps yeah and um but so it's got a very light jovial vibe but then it's the fact that this is the the hitler youth being trained and they're like yeah. throwing grenades and doing maneuvers and that sort of thing but with this very jaunty quirky vibe uh, has sam rockwell i think was mm, brilliant yeah, who's one really of my good. favorite actors who played one of the camp leaders because he'd lost an eye in conflict i think so wasn't allowed to go and fight and this is set towards the end of world war Two. so you sort of you hear hints throughout the film that the nazis are on the way down but there's still this sort of desperate loyalty isn't there that they're trying to maintain um so yeah, curiously, in a comedy film, you have this lead who's this little 10-year-old boy with very militant right-wing views. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I don't really know how much... We probably shouldn't go into the plot with any details other than yeah. to say that, you know, things change for him and his perceptions are shifted. And his mother's played by Scarlett Johansson. Who's really good. Brilliantly. I would say yeah. maybe my favourite actor in it... Yeah. Well, so I mean, there are loads. I mean, the kid, I can't remember his name, is brilliant. Or and Taika Waititi. And Taika Waititi, obviously, of course, who plays Hitler himself, but the little boy's imaginary... Like an imaginary friend. Yeah, the little boy is so uh, far right that his imaginary friend is Hitler, yes. Um, so all those, I think all those factors work together really well, especially in the sat- uh, satirical element, to make something really funny and sort of powerfully funny at points because of the subject matter, it right? Re- yeah, and it, it reminded, we were talking about Wes Anderson, and we sort of mentioned this while you we were watching it, um, about the movie The Producers, mm. because that has sort of a similar, like, section where they do, like, a... Uh, a campy satirical like section about about um hitler yeah and the way that he plays hitler is like a very over the top um a caricature yeah yeah a, a character caricature but it's not guess, even a caricature is it because it's it, it it's has, like totally it has no connection to hitler at all yeah. really yeah it's very um very out there and abstract and fanciful and humorous he's brilliant as well obviously taika watiti um so 
I, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lovely film. I think it, you know, it uses satire really well to comment on things like hate and love. Brainwashing. The extent to which someone can be brainwashed, but the other sort of stronger things that can pull someone maybe out yeah. of that. Um, I think it does that really well. I think there's a slight, for me, there was a slight sort of tonal mm. inconsistency, which obviously was designed. It wasn't like, because it's a comedy, I would say, but there are elements of it, maybe the, the middle third, which are very sort of drama, serious. There's not a lot of comedy for a section of it. And it really makes the... I don't know, it really makes the satire element of it yeah. stand out to yeah. the... yeah The, the, rea- the horrendous yeah, reality yeah. of what this actually is, yeah. So maybe that's like an intentional juxtaposition to show the almost banality of some of those brainwashed um, people, but then juxtaposed against the reality of how hideous Nazi Germany actually was. So it may have been intentional, but just from... Just from as a viewing experience, to me it felt slightly not disjointed, but just like I say, inconsistent. Mm. So I don't know whether part of my brain thought, thought it's trying to sort of have its cake and eat it too. It's trying to be satirical and look at this in a different way, but it's also just trying to, in a po-faced way, say this serious story about it. Um, both elements for me worked well independently. I think the drama elements are very effective, mm. and the comedy elements are very effective. There just might be some lack of uh, fluidity maybe between those two parts yeah. which for me took me out of it ever so slightly looking back but that's I would definitely not overstate that and say that's a very minor nitpick and it may very well have been intended um, I really enjoyed it I thought it was 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 wonderful yeah I thought the overall effect as just a work of, of media that yeah. is consuming us is was very uh, just a good way to have a discussion and to see see if there are any any of those things that could potentially be repeated yeah. in, as history goes on. Yeah, I think because through the lens of comedy it was maybe able to shine a brighter light on the insanity of some of mm. these ideas and yeah. how farcical they can be at their most extreme um, and I think Scarlett Johansson's mother character does a really good job of of not just batting his opinion away, but trying to engage her son mm-hmm. in conversation. Which is what we need. And not rejecting him either for his positions, mm-hmm. even though she vehemently disagreed. It was her love for him that was more powerful than that. And the idea that you know these views are views, they're incredibly unsettling. Um, but there are ways through conversation and love to get back to the reality of what people are so I think there are lots of lovely messages in there there have been it has to be said like, as Katie was mentioning that um, you know there have been a lot of negative not a lot actually I think generally it was well received but there have been people maybe who take this as insensitive mm. maybe maybe it's the fact that it tries to go there in a serious way that they sort of buckle at like mm. they fine if you want to be full satirical but as soon as it wants to actually look some of these things in the eye some of the reviews have said it either doesn't go far enough or in the delivery of its serious mm. moments is a bit mawkish and insincere which I completely disagree with I mean one of the reviewers we were watching yesterday yeah one of the more powerful scenes in the film he described as mawkish I think which um, I really didn't agree with wrong but, um, <laughs> that was wrong but at the same time I can see you know, I can see from certain points it is very challenging material. So it's going to be challenging, and particularly, you know, we're speaking as people who aren't Jewish, so we 
perhaps have a different mm. perspective on this thing or may some of the humour that obviously was designed to ridicule anti-Semitism, I can imagine for some maybe just hits home, even though they are taking the piss out of anti-Semitism, just being confronted with any of these things. I imagine, you know, there are some very horrible things said in name in the name of humour and stupidity, like, look how stupid anti-Semitism is. But if I was Jewish, maybe, you know, I would still... They would maybe they would still hit me on yeah. some level, and it wouldn't be an entirely comfortable experience. So, you know, I can see why there would be differing views on it. Um, but speaking personally, I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I think the overall message that it yes brings up and brings across it was yeah done very effectively. Absolutely. Ultimately, it's on the side of good, isn't it, and on the side of love. Um, and I think it can be forgiven, even for a lot of things, just from that core mm-hmm. message. Uh, and it's just very funny as well. Yeah, really cool. enjoyable. Yep, alright, well, we'll take a quick break there and we will be back for our main course. See you in a bit. And we are back for the main course um, in which we focus on one game, ideally that both of us have played, but I'm afraid only one of us really has this time. Um, We're talking about, it's a relatively recent release, Ghost of Tsushima by Sucker Punch. Have you heard of this studio before? Uh, just what you've told me about it at various points. But before we talk about the review, I think you should tell everybody where you got this game. Okay. Yeah. So my yeah, my wife, my wife. I can't steal that joke from Adam Buxton. Um, she uh, very kindly bought it for me as a gift for finishing term at school because I. I'm a teacher and I'm now on some holidays so as a little reward she bought it for me and it was enormously kind of her because you you. did such a good job with your first year of teaching back in the UK (laughs) thank you now we may resume (laughs) the discussion (laughs) thank you yeah no it uh, enormously appreciated it Um, so Sucker Punch known for Sly Cooper played in those games ooh I actually did not know that 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 they were from that. I love those yeah, games. Well, maybe you should give this one a go. Not that there's really any similarity, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Sly Cooper trilogy. Not the most recent ones, but the original three was oh, Sucker Punch. I really liked the first game of that. Yeah, the Thievius Raccoonus. I've only actually played. I've always wanted to play them. I don't know why I haven't. I've only played the more recent one, which wasn't made by Sucker Punch, mm. and it was fine. It was good, but I I really want to get those original Very games. Interesting. That was that's like. Yeah, one of the last games that I would have expected you to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, very different. They've gradually become sort of more mature. After that, it was the infamous games. Mm, I think okay. there might have been something. In, there might have been something before that. The next big one that I'm aware of is the infamous series, which was PS3. Um, apart from Second Son, which was PS4, but a sort of superhero dark take on a superhero mm. story. You were played a guy with lightning powers you could take it you could either be a good hero or infamous and be like an, a villain um good games as well um for both sly cooper and infamous i think they're known for a lot of verticality you can like get high vantage points on things mm. they're very they're very tight to control um very slick very polished games that sort of push the hardware they're on so they're sort of like just from what I've seen of Ghost of um, Tsushima, that there's like a sort of hunting down skills or like going out and like learning, because that's what you did in oh, yeah, Sly yeah, yeah, Cooper, yeah. is like going out and learning a certain 
like skill from somewhere yeah. in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's, we'll we'll get onto that because that is definitely an element of of Ghost of Tsushima, learning things around the different parts of the map. Um, maybe less so in Infamous. You sort of leveled up in a traditional. Mm way i seem to remember you'd get only you'd collect things and yeah so so maybe that's a bit of a through line yep so ghost of tsushima came out a couple of weeks ago i think i don't know where we are now i've lost all sense of time doesn't really matter no um (laughs) it's set during the mongol invasion of japan Mm. um and so obviously we're talking feudal japan um you play jin sakai he is um, a feudal lord, so he's um, his father has died. He's now the leader of his clan. Um, he is a samurai, um, and as the Mongols invade, um, all of the samurai gather on the shores of Tsushima, which I think is southern Japan. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to even guess. I can't remember, because it's not mainland. It's like Tsushima is like an island like an just island. off Japan. Um so I can't remember its orientation as far as the mainland goes. Um, anyway, so the Mongols presumably would have reached Tsushima before they reached the mainland. Um, led by a Khan. Obviously, Kublai Khan was currently head of the Mongols. I imagine they'd already taken China. Mm. So we're talking and are now UN, yeah, UN dynasty China pushing over into Japan. I think, I can't actually remember his name. The antagonist is a member of the Khan family, a cousin of Kublai Khan. Mm. He isn't a real character, a real um, person in in history, yes. Um, He's very good, though. I mean, to talk about story, he's probably... I've not finished it. I think I'm about two-thirds of the way through. He, as far as the characters go, is probably one of the best, the Mm. the Khan um, antagonist, because he's not a brutal ravager he's clearly a very clever man who makes who's who embodies elements of the mongol empire that sort of caused it to be such a success and that he you know he'd learned all of the japanese languages he knew the clan system he knew how to get under the ver- the skins of the various leaders and sort of get his way in mm. if if people were prepared to you know submit to mongol rule he didn't kill them you know so he essentially if you were if you were willing to submit to him he would just move through and take over your places but he very methodical, very intelligent, very articulate, and I think he makes a really good antagonist as a result. Yeah. And I think these are things that would have been said of, of Genghis Khan and Kublai Khan, definitely Genghis Khan, maybe not. Anyway, so he's 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 good, but I would say that's juxtaposed against a lot of characters. Jin himself, maybe, who aren't that good. They're fine. They're a little bit cookie cutter. Maybe mm-hmm. there's not a lot of depth to some of them. Um, it's sort of quite by the numbers storytelling a lot of the time. A samurai, the last one after this battle, defending his home and ta- and going around essentially just taking out Mongols when he sees them. Um, he does team up with lots of other clans and different people. Again, a bit of a mixed bag. Some of the characters are wonderful, really empathetic, have obviously lost most of their family or whatever and are reacting and trying to build up this resistance to the Mongols invading. And a lot of those characters work really well. But I have to say... Again, it's a bit of a mixed bag. And whilst I would say the antagonist sits on top of them, there are some that are not very interesting at all and I don't really want to follow their stories through. Um, So I definitely say there are inconsistencies in the story and definitely as well with the antagonist, there are inconsistencies in the history. It it was clear to me that the guys, Sucker Punch, love this era of feudal Japan and they clearly have a great respect may be the wrong word but a love of the aesthetics and and the culture of japan 
Um, but yes, it's garnered a lot of, not a lot, but some criticism for its historical inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. For, like, for example, the samurai uh, are presented very morally and with a very strong sense of honour. So one of the central conceits in the story is that samurais need to fight with honour and they fight by looking people in the eye, right? And they head, they they look at them straight on and they challenge them and they don't... There's no sneaking, there's no coming up from behind, there's Not no like trickery. A, like a no, would so it's the, it's the opposite. So it's, yeah, so it's the opposite of what a ninja would do. It's straight on and fighting with honour, right? But the the issue with Jin Sakai, the protagonist, is that he's looking around. He's the only samurai left, and the only way he can get an edge on some of these guys is to sneak in and mm. start getting them out from behind. So there's there's a conflict there between his code of ethics as a samurai, which you can if what's cool if you go into a Mongol camp and this is going on to gameplay, but you can press a button which says standoff, and instead of sneaking in and taking them all out, he just shouts, says, "Look, I'm here." bring out your best guys ah. and they'll come out and they'll walk out and you can do a cool move and take him out if you want. But um, there's that duality between either being an honourable samurai or a sort of a sneaky assassin, which isn't how a samurai would have thought, uh, would have worked apparently. But apparently that's one of the big mm-hmm. inaccuracies. Apparently that sense of honour and duty and face, apparently it's mostly fabricated, especially for this era of yeah, the I samurai. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Yeah, no, I, system. I, I don't really either um a lot of people saying that isn't very accurate to the history also they've got their resplendent in that sort of armor you'd often see in 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 when you're thinking about a samurai of those huge like, like helmets helmet. with the mask and the big pads and all of that comes later historically so there's a little bit of you know picking and choosing the cool visuals from japanese history and putting it in which i understand um because you want it to be as appealing and recognizable mm. and it's drawing very much from Hollywood's interpretation of samurai, the films of Karasaka, I think I've said that correctly. So it's got a very clear aesthetic that wants to sort of... Like draw, bring up that image yeah, in your mind. Yeah, the very clear sort of pop culture image of yeah. samurai. So it's, it's taking liberties with the history, which I think is fine. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't pretend to be a historical yeah. document. It's a game. It's a fun game about samurais in, in, this, in this situation. So I, I don't take umbrage with it. I take umbrage with some of the duller moments of the story. There are some heights as well, but the historical actually I think I'm fine with. So as far as just leaving the story there, I would say it's good, mm. but it's nothing to write home about. Uh, the voice acting is excellent, actually, I will mention, and the performances and, and the visual motion capture is great. So, um, yeah. Looking, yeah, does it, I was just looking up a game that just jumped into my mind. Um... It was called Red Ninja, where you played as like a, a woman. Yeah, you played as a girl yeah. in a red kimono. I remember that. And I remember reading about that in uh, magazines. Yeah, I'm, I. Uh, it's like a very dim memory, but it kind of had. It's it had similar um, themes. Maybe not even. It's sim- similar um, visuals. Yeah, I think it 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 had a very similar like visual. Um, Kind of just the way the environment moves, I mm. guess, seemed reminiscent of what I've seen of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that interesting connection. I, I never played that. I always sort of wanted to. Um, cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, yeah, the gameplay, it's open world. 
it's a format we've seen lots before. Um, you're wandering around different places. If you find a Mongol camp, you can go in and take everyone out. You can find start story missions, which are dotted all over the place. The You can sort of go to main quests and follow the main quest through, but obviously with all these games, there are loads of side activities. So there are lots of side stories, and the structure works a little bit differently to normal games. So whereas in others, you might just find a side mission and complete it there and then. The various side characters have loads of different missions. They have their own story, but it's split up into nine parts for each of them. So you might go over to one place, find Lady Maxcow, I think her name is, um, and you'll do maybe one part of her story, right? And then she'll go over somewhere else, and you'll continue her story at a later date at a different place. So they're called tales. So you can see, like, under that character, you've done three of her nine tales. So... There are lots of different characters that go out in different directions and you sort of follow them as well as the main story. I think it works quite well. Again, variable in content as far as the narrative is concerned. Um, How big... I don't I, I don't even know if there's an answer to this question. Yeah. Like map, world yeah. size? Yeah. Is it... Like what's the feels, like travel time between yeah, these various feels places? Yeah, pretty big it's split into three sections so the three thirds of the game i'm like i'm towards the end of the second one there is it is big it's sprawling and there's a lot of beautiful sort of fields and rice fields Mm. and flower fields between each location i've not actually spent any time just traversing from one side to the other it's certainly not the biggest open world i've seen we're not talking anything close to red dead redemption Mm. sort of size i don't think um but to me, that's not that much of an issue. In fact, I quite like that it's... I'd say it's bigger than a more closed open world like something like the Batman games, but it's not as big as something like um, something like Red Dead. Mm. Um, it, but it isn't small either. It doesn't feel confined. It feels very natural, and um, it sort of implements the different... the little different... the different settlements into the mm. natural surroundings really nicely. So it doesn't feel like, oh, here's this bit, and then there's suddenly an area that feels very differently, like a different kind of weather and a different kind of plant. They all blend together in a world that feels Mm. like it's natural and makes sense and flows. Um, Yeah, so it's not massive, but it's fine. And it feels manageable to sort of complete, um, which is, I'd say it's a sweet spot as far as size. I was going to say, if you're like having to chase down these people for different storylines all over the place. Yeah, it's not a big hassle. And you open up lots of fun as soon as you do anything really so there are loads of side additional little side things so you might find fox dens where you find a little fox out in the wilderness and then he'll run away and you follow him and you'll follow him to a little inari shrine where you can bow to and you mm. get a little stat upgrade and but as soon as you do one of those tiny little quests it's a, it's a fast travel market so the, as soon as you're you, you know milled about if, if there's someone at the other end of the map, there'll be something you'll have done near there that you can warp to. Um, and so I never, I've never found. Oh, I need to. It's going to take me ages to go over there. There's always something in place. That I mean, this just kind of the way that you're describing it. I know I keep like thinking of other games that it's kind of yeah, triggering, it's but yeah. this one I think was better reviewed than Red Ninja was. But um, Okami, yeah, we talked about, uh, which kind of takes that. I don't know, sort of. Japanese or Chinese like scroll painting mm. visual like aesthetic that you kind of get yeah. in oh, most of sh- Tsushima to like a whole you know the next level in yeah. Okami and kind of like the just following secret areas yeah. and things like yeah, that yeah. and it, it wears its um it wears the traditions on its sleeve yeah. as well like Okami does yeah they play a prominent role 
Absolutely, yeah. We'll, we'll come more to that in visuals as well because, yeah, as you say, the design, as far as what everything looks like, I think there are a lot of connections to Akami. Um, so those are some of the little things. And, like, what's great about it is, like, in, an, in a big open world like this, usually you just set a marker down and it would appear in your HUD and you'd go there. But what Sucker Punch have tried to do is they try to build in the navigation into the natural world itself. So when you set where you'd like to go, so say there's this new tail you'd like to follow, you set it, the wind just starts naturally flowing mm. in that direction. And because there are so many wonderful particle effects with petals and bits of ground and the wind flowing, it's, it's quite easy to just look around and see the direction that things are going in. And you can just follow that to wherever you need to go. Um, you can also, with the, you know, the PS4's got a little touchpad on mm, it mm -hmm. if you swipe up on that touchpad it sort of intensifies the wind mm. so it's just a bit clearer you can turn all that off if you want you can just make it a normal it will appear in your HUD if you want to but it's much more entertaining yeah, I think more so it does that as an interesting little addition and like birds will fly and there are certain birds you can follow and again they'll bring you to little secrets and shrines and there's all sorts of things you can collect but the gameplay itself is as you'd imagine you go to a place you have a discussion with someone likely what's happened is that the mongols have taken over their home they've killed their friends they need avenging and you go and you start fighting some mongols which is the primary way with which you interact uh, with the world and you do it with with excellent combat if there was if there was something that sets this apart i think as i'll probably come on to conclude mechanically and structurally it's a very by the numbers game it's not doing all that much that we haven't seen before but its combat really lifts it mm. and makes it almost uh, you know a must play just from that alone like even when i'm playing it often the stories if they haven't engaged me as sometimes they don't i don't i really don't care because it's like oh well have i got to go and fight some mongols good because this is going to be an incredibly fun thing to do and that's enough it's like i'm just wandering around looking for fights because it's so fun to do the to do the combat and i've been playing it for what maybe 20 hours if not more, and it's still so fun. So as you can imagine, if you're working with swords, one sword, he's only got one melee weapon, the sword, um, but what's good is that the impact is really visceral and people go down in a couple of hits, but the, the flip side of that is so do you. So it's sort of all about poise and control and reaction time. And if you, so you can, I mean, there are loads of different mechanics in the combat, even though you've just got a sword. Um, but if you get someone and they're undefended and you've slashed them a few times, they just die. So it's like, it's that sort of instantaneous. Um, unlike, you know, it's the sort of thing that a lot of games, sword games get wrong. Like even lightsaber games, like some of the Force, mm. uh, Force Unleashed games, where you've got a lightsaber, but you're still hacking away at people and they're not going, so what's going on? But this isn't like <laughs> I that. I know this can take an arm off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's the opposite of that. If they're undefended, one slice might just take them down. Um, but on top of that, you've got like a parry. So if you hit L1 at the right time, he sort of just deflects with the sword and you can get a couple of, whoop, get a couple of strikes in that way. You've got um, heavy attacks, you've got different um, stances. So if you hold down the right trigger and press one of the face buttons, he goes into a different stance, like the wind, uh, the, what are they, water stance, stone stance, mm -hmm. and they deal with different people differently. And they've got completely different animations associated with them as well. So the stone stance is the one he starts off with, which is best against just swordsmen. But then there are ones that can combat the spear guys. If they've got a shield, he sort of raises his sword up and really attacks the shield and these all these beautiful bespoke animations. 
but it's so quick and it's so so feels so deadly that everyone's going down quickly you're going down quickly I would say that despite all of that it sounds like it might be really hard mm. but it's not in fact I would say on medium difficulty it maybe is slightly too easy mm. um, especially as you get on further on and further on where you'd expect the difficulty maybe to ramp up slightly it's just getting progressively easier because you're, you're becoming in, in, uh, incrementally buffed mm. and I've, I've got so much health now that it doesn't now feel like I can get a couple of attacks and go down I can take quite a lot um, so that's maybe an issue I would say if you're if you're generally so, someone who likes maybe Devil May Cry or Sekiro and you want a challenge I'd say you probably go into this with hard mode and it wouldn't be too much of an issue but I would just as far as feedback goes it, it's almost unrivaled as far as combat systems I've played I wow. really really love it it's very 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 fun which is you know what you really want it's just fun fun to play um, I don't there are other like supplementary weapons like bows and um, you know bombs and wind chimes that you can use to distract people um, so there are other elements to it and obviously there's the you've got a horse right you do have a horse yes that you can um, do lots of moves from. You can like jump off the horse and then come down with the sword, which is cool. There are loads of cool things you can do with the horse. You can name the horse as well out of a number of names and he actually calls him. I think mine's called Nobuo, which means hope. what I would say is that you can't change the horse which is a little bit annoying because I thought when you get to choose the horse you choose it from a bit of a darkened stable and I quite liked mine but now I've got all the armour because you can swap out lots of different armours and things my colour scheme doesn't quite work with the grey speckled horse I would have really liked because I'm now mostly dressed in white and I'd have quite liked the white horse or the black to contrast, but the grey sort of doesn't quite work. Wow. So yeah, so you can't you can't you can change the reins and the saddle and stuff, but you can't change the horse out, which is a bit of a shame, but not not a big issue. Um, but yeah, the horse feels good to control, um, very fluid, very natural. Um, yeah, as far as the minute to minute gameplay goes, I haven't really got a lot of negativity on it apart from just the fact that it can be quite easy. Hmm. I've heard some people say it's a little bit maybe dull, the gameplay loop. There isn't that much variety. You're not doing much beyond go here, listen to this person, follow Mm -hmm. them, talk to them, kill loads of guys. (laughs) There isn't really any other way that you engage with the main content of the game. There are lots of side activities like... uh, you can write a haiku, which a lot of people have been a little bit questionable or have had a questionless, sort of a slightly cynical opinion about because it feels a little bit, oh, Japanese, what a, oh, Japanese poetry. Let's write a haiku, of course, because that's what everyone in Japan does. They write haikus and you've got a little flute that makes the sort of almost generic Japanese sounds that you can play to change the weather like Link would in uh, Ocarina nice. of Time. Um, so there are other things you can do and they're fine as distractions, but mostly what you're doing is killing guys with a sword and it's brilliant it's mm. fun it's really really fun um so that's that um i'm sure i think if there's anything i've missed gameplay wise do you have any questions before i move on to visuals what's the end goal so the end goal it, initially it's to save your uncle who's been captured who's the head of the samurais mm. Um, the goalposts sort of get shifted around and moved back but essentially because there are these three big islands or big parts of this island like first one is to get enough guys on your team to go and storm this castle and try and free your uncle and then once all that's done and you move into the second bit again there's another fort you need to get Mm. and the goalposts sort of keep shifting to try and you're essentially just trying to kill this Khan guy 
but you need there's a lot you need to get through to get there um yeah so that so that's that but as i say most of the things you're doing just killing fools um yeah and it's uh and i suppose the flip side of the combat is that there's this stealth element which if you want to you can sneak into these forts you don't have to challenge anyone at all and you can just you know like you would in so many third person action games kill everyone from behind and and not see anyone and the the ai isn't all that good and it's quite easy to predict and so you can quite easily if you want to go in and clear them out without them even seeing you but you sort of feel like even though the, I suppose that is a bit of an issue. The story, it feels like it's this descent for Jin Sakai as he becomes less honourable and more of a killing machine mm. and just just interested in dispelling the Mongols and not a man of honour. I've not finished it, but that feels like what the story is wanting to do, right? So as the main missions carry on, they're like, oh, I can't believe you'd fight like that and this is not the way of the samurai. But then I'm like, hang on, I've never done any of that stuff because <laughs> I, because I, I don't like... Instinctively, I didn't don't like the stealth as much because it's much more generic, and the combat, the sword combat, is so fun. That as soon as I come across a camp, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm here, stand off. Because as I was alluding to earlier, as you when you press the standoff button, he shouts, "Send out your best guy!" Right. So then they, this massive guy will come out and start and like uh, and challenge you. And what you, it's like a stand, like a I was gonna say a Mexican standoff. What was the? What was it? That was from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. She said, "No, it's it's just a standoff." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a standoff, like a, like a duel. A duel, yeah. yeah. So he'll come out, and you sort of have he has his hand on his hilt, and you hold triangle down as as he's walking up, and then you've got to it, you've sort of got to let go of the button just as he's coming to attack you, but if you let go of it too much and you get the sword out before he's come to you, he dodges and he attacks you, you lose all of your power to do cool moves. But if, and he's sort of doing like feints and stuff, so he's about to run at you, but then he's not going. And if and if you let it go too early, then you've ruined it. So you have to really be patient, and some it gets progressively harder as the game goes on. And just as they run at you for real, you let go of Triangle, and he just gets the sword out of the sheath, sheath and just insta-kills him. It's so, and I've done it maybe a hundred times. Every time, it's so cool. Now blood goes everywhere, and then as as you unlock it, you can uh, you can do like you can get more guys in that. So you'll have killed the initial one, but then other guys start running at you, but you're still in like this slow mode. And then just as they attack you, and he's takes down another one, and then another guy will come, and he's like. So by the end, you can just, from standing off and getting that right, you can kill three immediately, just with nothing. And then you've got your, it's called the resolve meter, which you burn on special moves, right? And that's full. And then you're just like, all right, fine, I'm going to destroy everyone here. And that's just so much more fun than just sneaking in the shadows and taking guys out from behind. But I think the game is sort of relying on you doing a bit of that so that it thinks oh he's he's gone off the rails he's like a crazy ninja assassin he's not fighting with honour and everyone's like Jin you are not fighting with honour yes I am I've done it every time I've worked hard to but the problem is there are some bits in the story where you have have to so I think they they cover themselves that way I was just going to say we need to start doing a video recording of this as well so right. that everyone could see you gesticulating acting out the samurai <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really at the kitchen cool. table it's really 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 cool um, I love it I really love it to play it's, it's the most fun I've had in a long time just with some combat mechanics it's really really good fun and um, maybe there could be a little bit more variety as far as enemy mm-hmm. types by the final hut like third but you know it's st- I'm still looking forward to playing it again so nice um 
The final thing then, which I think is maybe the most prominent feature just from looking at Ghost of Tsushima, is its insane, profound beauty, which is really... And it's, it's interesting, especially coming off The Last of Us Part Two, which itself, technically on a visual level, is probably better as far as the polygons it's pushing, the details it's pushing, the facial animation. Everything about The Last of Us 2 is sumptuous and detailed almost to a fault. I mean, I was reading an article the other day about the different breathing cycles that happen in characters depending on like 10 different scenarios. They're breathing differently. And it's so there's so much detail in The Last of Us Part 2. But while, you know, the facial animation maybe isn't quite as good in Ghost of Tsushima and if you look very, very closely at some of the textures, they're maybe not quite as crisp. Its use of colour is yeah. unlike anything I've I've seen in a game. And on a, on a nice HD television, it is mind-blowingly beautiful. That looks really good. So, yeah, so many vibrant colours in the sky, but also the flowers that you, you run through on your horse. Um, its artistry is is on a different level. And it, it was so vibrant that it did remind me of Okami, which is a very, very stylized game, isn't it? It's like almost it's a cartoon, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Ghost of Tsushima does is it straddles this border between very realistic character models and environments, but almost a painterly use of colour. That's what it always seems like, in the, especially in the like far-off distance. Yeah. It just blends into, yeah, like what you would see on a, on a scroll. Like yeah. what, I, what I remember we would see in like a museum in China of the scroll paintings and things like that so that style just blends into it in the distance yeah and it's very like um, you know it's a very nuanced thing to achieve because you'd look at it and any any individual element of it looks real and it looks realistic mm-hmm. and 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 looks like it's shaded appropriately. It's not like there are abstract uses of no, color, but, but somehow like they've injected in. the like you say the aesthetic of um, Eastern art, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's remarkable. Even so, as the wind's flowing, you can sort of see it with with lines, which also reminds me of Okami. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way things, it's got a very flowing nature because you're always following the wind, and there are so many petals and leaves and. Um, bits off the ground just floating everywhere there's almost an ethereal feels very alive uh, yeah quality yeah ethereal but also alive yeah completely um it's the sort of thing i can't really do justice to to speak to really because it's it's something you should just go and check it out if you're maybe not that interested in the game but but are a fan of you know artistically minded visuals definitely go and find a good video of this and and have a look because just i could just it's very calming just to ride the horse around Tsushima you know at dusk when there's vibrant oranges and pinks and purples in the sky or whatever um, but then there are the the whites and blues of the flowers on the floor it's it really is something else um, and like the combat almost worthy of the entry fee just on its own mm. just as a if, it, if you could just go into Tsushima ride around on your horse I think, you know, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely, like, meditative thing to do. So um, I think it may be the best-looking game I've ever seen. Um, Again, yeah. And again, that's not to say it's the most technically impressive game I've ever seen, just the most aesthetically impressive game I've ever seen. Um, I guess we're, like, we're, what, halfway through the year? Over halfway through the year? Is it a, a top... Game. Like maybe a game of the year contender. For me, definitely. I'm trying just trying to think now actually. 
It's been a good year. Obviously, we've had Final Fantasy Remake. I know we think differently about that. That would be up there for me. Um, it's difficult for me to say whether I'm enjoying this more because obviously it's not as loaded with the intense nostalgia that yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake was. I'd say this is objectively a better game than Final Fantasy VII Remake and in some ways it looks better. Maybe its character models aren't as good as that game's but the the world around is a masterclass. And as we said, when we were playing Final Fantasy VII you could sort of see some of the skyboxes and it was a little bit more it was very enclosed actually as a game isn't it Um, so it's maybe not even a a real comparison but for me personally it's maybe certainly my top three games of this year Mm -hmm. yeah I enjoyed it a lot more than The Last of Us which I really enjoyed Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it it's almost like it's someone said look design for me your perfect (laughs) game sword combat yes some grounding in history yes beautiful visuals like stunningly beautiful I, lo- I shed a tear I shed a tear when I came over her horizon, a horizon and, and saw the colours <laughs> such a bold use of colour um, genuinely it, it's, it's almost humbling in it's immense beauty um, well, it's quite a quite a high praise for Sucker Punch no it, 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 yeah you can see, I mean it's been in the works for a long time and you can see where a lot of the effort's gone in, in that regard um, I'm, a, I'm a huge 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 fan um, so I mean I was, I've was i been listening back just for um, just to, for editing purposes and sort of, sort of moving the podcast forward um, and thinking about things we could alter I've noticed though in most of my reviews I always end them with thoroughly recommend uh, I'd say maybe all of them. It may be every game in our main course I thoroughly recommend, but I do actually thoroughly recommend this well, I game. I guess that means just you know what you like, yeah. so you pick out games. Yeah, I mean, obviously then... I'm not, you know, games are, I paid, what, fifty four ninety nine, or you did for Ghost of Tsushima. It's not the sort of, we're not in a position to start buying games we think yeah. are rubbish, just on the off chance it make a good podcast discussion. Um, so yeah. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. What, what are we going to suddenly... Come into some money, do you think? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, it's a big, big recommend from me. I even think, I think you'd enjoy it, actually, Katie. Yeah, I, I do think it looks uh, more like a game that would draw me in than some of the last few that we've, yeah. that we've reviewed. I think, And it sort of inspired me to, A, learn a bit more about the history. Yeah. Um, and B, because I know more about China and um, um, the Mongols in China, obviously, but... I'd like to know a bit more about um, their place in J- Japanese history. Um, just that time period. That time period more generally. Yeah, feudal Japan, yeah, generally speaking. But also watch some of the films on which the visuals are based. Yeah. Like Kurosaka isn't a uh, director with which I'm particularly familiar, but that, you know, this game pays such an homage to him that there's, there's a mode in the settings called Kurosaka mode mm. And when you click it, it goes into grayscale because all of his films were in oh, grayscale wow. and that has the filter. and So mm-hmm. it really ends up looking like one of these films. Seven Samurai, I think, is maybe his most famous one. Hi, Ben from the future here, just jumping in to correct myself. I, of course, mean the director Kurosawa, not Kurosaka. I think there was also a, a mistake previously about one of the characters. Um, I meant to say Masako. But I said something completely different. I'm massacring Japanese pronunciations all over the place. Many apologies. Anyway, back to the show. Um, anything to add before we move on? 
I think it's, yeah, it's, um, it has a more, yeah, like I said, it has more of a pull to me. Yeah. Um, just for its aesthetic and for its um, gameplay and for yeah. its story than some others that we've discussed. So yeah. I, I think, would like to give it a try. I think even though it maybe isn't most historically accurate because it's grounded in that at least core real event, I think it makes it sort of immediately for me more compelling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good. Um, definitely go out and give it a try. Look at some videos of it. I think that will convince you if you haven't seen them already. Anyway, so that's our main course for today. We'll be back in a minute for dessert. Okay, we are back for dessert. This is the section of the show where we go over a game um, that we've been playing that isn't the main course game, just anything we'd like to talk about. So I've been speaking for a long time, Katie. What have you been playing? Well... It's been <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of a year for Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. in my <laughs> in my eyes. Yeah, because got something in your eye as well. Yeah, well, it's my <laughs> allergies. Yeah. I'm allergic to everything outside <laughs> most of the time, uh, so that's a bummer because I like being outside. This is not important to any of <laughs> to any of this. Um, we the, the what the, was it? The first episode we did was yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake yep. that came out this year. Um, and I was like, here for it. We just heaped heaped piles of praises mm-hmm. on that game. Uh, and then uh, we finished. And then Ben finished it. And then I really did a, a hard 180 <laughs> on, how, on how I felt about it. So a few, what, in the last week or so... On Switch, um, Square Enix did half off for all of their games on Switch. So I picked up OG Final Fantasy VII. Good, cool. <laughs> Which um, I have not touched in years and years and years and years and years. So seeing that game after so intensely analyzing um, the Final Fantasy 7 remake has been has been really fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Because the biggest thing that I think that we talked about in detail of criticism for the Final Fantasy 7 remake was so fluffily padded yeah. with nonsense. And I played what the first section of the game and i could not believe how quickly yeah. i caught up to where the remake <laughs> yeah, ended yeah. and i was like oh my goodness that like it, it spent so much time languishing in the midgar slums yeah. just doing nonsense missions um and I think it's just going to... Ben's not going to like this. It's just going to make me dig in my heels harder about how much I did not end up enjoying the Final Fantasy VII <laughs> remake. Because what I would have wanted, it was a shot-for-shot shot mm. update of just the OG Final Fantasy yeah. VII with high-definition um, graphics. Yeah. I think... I think it's good for me to go back to it because I did have such a nostalgia rose-tinted glasses view of it, I, I'm sure. And there, do, there are things that are very clunky and that don't make sense. And I had to, have, I had to look up a walkthrough because I'm, there's so many things that you can miss yeah, and get wrong yeah. and choices to make. 
Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I told Ben I couldn't believe that I played it, you know, on some on a PlayStation with different discs and just sitting upstairs trying to play through it in sections. And now I've got the whole game on my Switch and yeah. I can take it on the road wherever I want, which is that is, know, they, is are, cool. they are the sort of games that make you really think about that because they? they're so massive. I remember thinking that when I was playing. Final Fantasy VIII on my PSP back in the day. It's <laughs> like, so how is this happening? Yeah. Um, yeah. What about? Because um, obviously, it's it's one of the newer ports. I think it's the same port as the one I've got on PS4, and the same kind of port that I recently played through when I was doing Final Fantasy IX. I think it works really well. Yeah. What sort of additions are there to the base game? There's a there's the speed up function, which yeah, yeah has been has been very useful. I think you click the left directional stick or whatever and that clicks it into what three times the speed but i feel like i would use it the most during battles but when i've got it up to three times speed for some of them i i I can't keep it on because the the battles go back and forth so quickly in final fantasy 7 and if i'm not paying attention and i'm like looking off into space like the battle doesn't stop yeah. because there's people attacking you so sometimes that gets even a little too I mean, fast you can, for you can me. turn um you can turn the battle system to wait though can't you yeah but i would do that in the menu because that that would mean at least when it when your menu comes up ready to attack that their they bar stops attack. yeah yeah um yeah, keeps me on my toes yeah um you, there's also I don't know if it was in Final Fantasy Nine. You could, if you wanted to, give everyone nine 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 HP and nine, and mm. do nine 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 damage. That. And you can, I think you can in this way. It's just a difficult, different control. Um, and you can also just turn off random battles. I think. Mm, well, if it's the same as the PS4 version. Guess I'm keeping it as close to yeah. the original experience I can. Um, but I still think you know it's a great story. And it's fun to see it again. Yeah. And I hate the remake. Hate. The remake, wow. The end. Wow. wow. I, yeah, I think those are harsh words. I think, you know, I would say the remake jumped the shark potentially at the end, but I liked it. I thought it was bold. Oh. The thing is, I've uh, had this conversation <laughs> a lot. Um, I agree in that what I wanted as well was just a shot-for-shot remake. All I wanted was the exact same game yep. with an HD filter on it. Yep, that's still what I want. Yeah, but... <laughs> But, that's still what I want but, period but, but surely <laughs> surely when we were playing it you already knew that wasn't what you had I don't like, like when we and you spoke very highly of it at the beginning and that was at that stage still nothing like the original game <laughs> but it wasn't until the last third when the they the story really that yeah, that's the, when, yeah, yeah that they just kind of took off and yeah. did whatever they yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. All right, um, the game I want to talk about, which I've been playing on PS4, um, in my continued bid to try and finish every game I own. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, is the Metro series. Harry, my brother, bought for me Metro Exodus for Christmas, I think. Um, but I obviously wanted to finish one and two before that because I've got those games. Um, based on Russian novels, have you heard of these ones? I don't think so, no. Um, so it's, I think post or during World War II um, but in uh, the apocalypse has happened I think maybe through nukes um, and Russia has sort of fled into the metro tunnels beneath all the major Mm. cities and like communities and places have started building up there instead 
um, which is cool conceptually. And it's you know you start off the game in one of these areas, and you know you go through all the towns, but they're all little shanty towns everywhere. And, um, but there's also not a supernatural element. But there are, you know, things of the radiation has caused various mutations. So there are bad guys to kill that aren't just men. Um, essentially, they are narrative-driven first-person shooters. Um, where you just go through a different. So I, th- I don't know if if it follows loosely the plot of the book, but you know, you're just trying to get messages between these places, and you have to do all sorts of things. Um, it was known for its sort of gritty realism in mechanics. So you don't have loads of ammo, you can't just spray things everywhere, no. you've got to really conserve things. You've got a gas mask you have to put on if you're going out and you have to change, swap out the filters, you have to look at your watch, all these things happen tangibly in the game in real time and it's quite slow and methodical. Um, I have to say, it is quite slow and methodical for me to the point that it's slightly boring. Um, I, I hear that the second one improves it and the third one, Harry Got Me, is even better and more slightly more open um, I like the story I really like the setting but just the minute to minute shooting things just doesn't appeal to me all that much it's not that fun um, so I'm a little bit mixed on it I want to finish it and I want to move on through them but the, and this is quite an old game as well I think it was Xbox 360 early and um, it's sort of been ported up to PS4 but it hasn't really been changed all that much um, so just from the first one 2033 I think it's called on its own I wouldn't give it a glowing recommendation unless you've read the books and are eager to see I don't think it's it's not a bad game it's not doing the source material any injustice maybe it's just not my sort of thing really to sort of be slowly crawling through tunnels taking guys out with weaponry like mm-hmm. that Um so yeah, I think I would have preferred. I'm sure there is a film or a graphic novel based on this yeah. interesting world, but uh, yeah, I'll keep going, and uh, maybe the other ones I'll enjoy a little bit more. All right, well, we'll leave it there then, Katie. Have you enjoyed yourself? That was, was very nice. Yeah. Lovely, lovely meal. Lovely meal. Yep. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us at theconsumepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, all of our Twitter and stuff is going to be in the description for this podcast. If you want to yeah. check us out. Um, yeah, any questions or comments, feel free to send them at any of our various pipes and we'll get back to you. So yeah, have a lovely week and we will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.